This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Happy Friday, Pastor Matt Young in the studio with me, and we're going to party it up today. Yeah. I don't know who asked the question. Whoever you are, I love you. And so I want to just start there. Um, it's it's a loaded question, and I'm going to set some stuff up, and then I'm going to have Matt talk about it, and then we'll dialogue. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Question goes like this. How can God be sovereign and man still be free? Question goes on. How can a person be a free and responsible agent if his actions have been foreordained from all eternity? Let me condense the question and then tell you how I feel about the question. (laughs) The question is basically this. If God is in control of everything, how can I be free to do anything? And if God micromanages and predetermines every decision ever made in the entire universe, then how am I not a robot? Okay. So this is one of these questions that, um, so the person asking it, we need to have a moment of instruction. Okay. Yeah. So let me just, let me just talk to you for a moment. Question asker. Uh, this is why I say, I love you. But um, uh, this is one of those questions that it's sort of like when somebody says to you, Hey, when you stop smoking crack, um, how did you do that? I'm like, I've never, I'm sorry. What? Like, if you say yes, or there's no right answer, you know right, what I mean? Right. Because the question at its core is fundamentally flawed. Right. Now we get a lot of questions that are flawed, you know, but f- this is one of these questions that gets right down to the core of who is God mm-hmm. and who is man, which is why I've actually never done this. I've never taken a moment on our podcast and said, Hey, question asker, would you just listen? Because I think you have some serious errors in mm-hmm. your doctrine and how you view God. Mm-hmm. First, let me just break down how I, f- how I told you how I feel about it. I think you have some errors, and I'd like to break that down so we can be a little more clear about this. So how can God be sovereign and man still be free? And we already see in your definition of sovereign that you mean um, controlling every decision that has ever been made. Mm-hmm. That is determinism or fatalism, and that is not biblical. Right. Um, sovereignty does not equal micromanaging, predetermining of every single decision, which is why the podcast we say God allows— ordains or permits all things. When I sin, God did not micromanage and predetermine that I would sin. That would be that would make him to be very evil. Mm-hmm. God did allow it and that is real and that is a part of life. But God's sovereignty is his control, not his micromanaging predetermining of everything. Right. I think an analogy that I like to give people is um, sovereignty is like uh, a boat captain, right? The captain, let's say he builds the boat. He um, puts the blueprints together. He chooses who gets to go on the boat. And the boat is going to go from New York City to, I don't know, Spain, okay? And the boat is going to get there. And the captain is going to, might take a few different routes to get there, but he knows how to get there. He knows, he's already mapped out his course. Um, all the meals are planned. There's a whole bunch of things already predetermined. The captain has chosen the menu, right? He's already got a bunch of people um, who are working on the boat. We'll call them angels And uh, in this <laughs> analogy. And there's a whole bunch of people on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. And on the boat, um, you and me get into a fist fight, right? Well, it's not making the boat go off course. All the meals are still happening. All the things that the captain has ordained and put into motion are still happening. But between New York and Spain, right, there are a lot of things that can happen. And the captain didn't choose those things, but he allowed them. And let's say he finds somebody and he says, you know what, if you do this again, then I'm going to kick you off the boat, you know? And 
he's able to do that. And so th- the idea here is that the captain has control. Mm-hmm. The captain is ordaining certain things. He's responding to other things. Um, now, in this scenario, if God's the captain, he's obviously omniscient. So he right. knows it's going to happen. So he's already probably preparing in advance for the fight that he knows is going to happen. But I think God has intentionally gone out of his way to make sure we're not automatons and, and robots. Yeah. You, know, you know, And so God's sovereignty does not mean he is predetermined every single action. Totally. But it does mean he is absolutely in control, allowing, ordaining, or permitting all things. So mm-hmm. that is one thing. The other thing I have to dismantle here is the notion of freedom. Mm-hmm. Because the question asker is assuming that our freedom, um, he, he's trying to make sense of freedom because how, how can we be free if God is micromanaging our decisions? And I would just say the entire notion of freedom here is probably off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Christians talk about your free will. The Bible never speaks of a free will. In fact, twice the Bible says we don't have a free will. John 1, 13, 15, 16, something like that. And then Romans 9 um, explicitly goes out of its way to communicate that we are not free if we're not a Christian. We're actually a slave to sin, unable and not free to do anything righteous. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of a free will is um, I-, I am not free to jump 100 feet in the air. I am not free to do a whole bunch of things. There are limits and restrictions to my will all the time. One of those limits and restrictions is my body, my emotions, my psychological makeup, things that are um, in me and a part of me that I actually have no control of and I didn't choose them. Um, And so free will is, uh, it's a word that sounds great culturally. Sure. It just doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. because we're not free. I'm a slave to my body, my emotions, my mind, my context, my culture. I'm a slave to a thousand different things that all collectively come together to massively influence me um, so that I'm making decisions not in a vacuum. I'm never free. Mm -hmm. I'm always influenced and I'm always restricted. So I think when we talk about God's sovereignty and human freedom, um, we just need to make sure that God's sovereignty is not determinism and my freedom is not a totally autonomous free will those are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a limited amount of freedom, but God has complete control. Mm-hmm. Control does not mean predetermination totally. of all events. Last thought, and then you get to talk. You're like mm-hmm. chomping at the bit. You're like, I just want to talk. No, you're good. But I have to get this out. Yeah, yeah. Our audience is always like, Michael, shut up. Let your guest talk. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm done. You go. <laughs> no, you're good. You I had, forgot you had I was one more thought. I forgot. I just literally gone, oh. which means it's not relevant. Uh, okay. So- yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with you on these things. I think, uh, yeah, fatalism and determinism are, are total misrepresentations. The The biggest thing here is a lot of these questions that we're dealing with, first of all, we have to look at the reality of who our God is. And um, as he's revealed in his word, not as we conjecture him to be, you know, we may, we build him up to be in our minds. And, and in his word, it's very clear that, yeah, he's sovereign and yeah, you know, a man plans his course, but God directs his steps, that kind of a thing. It's clear in scripture that the Lord is sovereign over everything. But I agree with you. You can't look at that and say that means that he is therefore responsible for every action made because clearly in the scriptures, it's evident that we are responsible. Hence judgment. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, he He chooses those. And you, you mentioned Romans 9, and that's primarily— um, as it pertains to soteriology, as it pertains to salvation, Mm -hmm. right? What if God, um, you know, decides to make out of the same clay vessels for wrath and vessels for noble use, that passage. And yes, he absolutely chooses people to himself. He redeems a people for himself that he has Mm -hmm. determined in his grace. Um, But that 
is not the same thing as him foreordaining yep. every action. Because you, like you said, if he has determined every single action I make, every single action I, I do, I should say, and every decision I make, yep. then literally he is the author of evil, which we see in scripture is not true. It's not true. Every time. I mean, it's like almost every time I talk to somebody about predestination for the first time, like they have never heard it before. Yeah. Their brain goes like this. When I tell them, hey, uh, God chose you. That's why you're saved. You didn't choose him, mm -hmm. which is like what Jesus says. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll always say, you mean God's in control of everything? Like I don't choose anything. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did that's you go? Jump. How did you go from God chose to save you? And that's why you're saved to now you're a robot. Mm -hmm. But that is, there's something inside the American mindset that automatically makes that jump. And it's like the captain. No, I chose the meals. I chose who gets on the ship and I chose the meals, but there's a lot of stuff going on in, in between that I'm allowing or permitting. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, well, and so that's a distinction to make though. It's yeah. just because he ordains one thing doesn't mean he ordains everything. Totally. And I think the challenge obviously with that analogy also is the fact that, like you said, God is omniscient. God is the creator of the people on the boat. On if the you boat, want to do yeah. that. And that's a totally different thing than, then, hey, you're on my boat, but you're a, a free, you know, conscious being to make your own decision. It's, it's, it's a little different in that regard. Yeah. Um, but I get what you're you're trying to drive home. And don't I read just, the analogy too deeply, you no, thinker. No, no. Well, you just, you overthink everything. I like, do, I do, I do. Are you saying that but, heaven's but I, made out I mean, of wood? Okay, the first time you heard the doctrine of predestination. <laughs> Automatically went there. Totally. Everyone does. Because in our minds, it. I, I truly believe it's because of our depravity. We want to think ourselves to be, you know, something that we're not. We I'm in make, control. Yes. And I think yeah. like I, you hit the nail on the head when you said our freedom is we're, it's never libertarianly free. We're never completely freedom. It's always influenced. Yep. And it's always, it's like Dr. Zuber, when yeah. I was at Moody made the analogy of ice Zoobs. cream. <laughs> and he said, if there's ice cream options for me, I'm going to choose what I want. Did I will myself to want the flavor I like the most? No, I just do. I like it. I was created in a way that I like that flavor. Yeah. So I pick, in his case, he said it's vanilla. It's a superior flavor than chocolate. That was what <laughs> he made a big deal about it in class. I'll never forget. Um, but he said, I chose what I wanted. That was my decision. But I, I, I mean, I made the decision to take what I wanted, mm -hmm. so to speak. I should say I choose what I wanted because that yeah. gets confusing. But you don't determine what you want. Your desires, your yep. wants, like, and that's the same thing with the Lord. When you look at how the scriptures teach about there's no one righteous. No, not one. No one who seeks after God. Yep. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us of our own volition will go to the Lord. Yeah, John, it does not depend on the man who wills or runs, but on God. Like, wait, it doesn't depend on the man's will. Mm. You know what will means? Will. Yeah. Like it literally is a word that actually is a one-to-one -one translation, like their will and our will, like totally. the, the ability to determine my own destiny, to have a decision, to make a decision of my own volition. You mean, wait a minute, that the Bible says that my salvation had nothing to do with me. Mm. Wait, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Isn't that a funny line? Yeah. It like breaks through the whole argument. But the but it's hard. I, I understand that. It's a hard doctrine. But as you come to see that, it is so comforting to know that. Yeah. My, my salvation is contingent upon his faithfulness, yep. not my own. My works didn't get it. My works can't lose it. Yeah. Because it, it was mean, started with him. He's the author and yeah. he's the perfecter. And, and he doesn't fail on the perfecting part. Totally. You know, any more than he failed on the authoring totally. part. And yet we are still responsible once he calls us, once he has drawn us to himself to respond yep. in faith. But we don't muster that up within ourselves. It's given to us from him. And then from there we respond. It's a response. It's not us initiating. He initiated, yep. he, 
He came after us. He pursued us. He chose us before the foundations of the world, as we see. And, uh, and yet now we respond because of yep. his goodness, because of his faithfulness. It's not the other way around. So I think uh, the next question talks about human responsibility. Mm -hmm. the, the tension, and this is what everybody has to get. The tension is not between God's sovereignty and our free will. The tension is between God's sovereignty and our responsibility. Mm -hmm. That is where the real theological tension happens. So let me ask you this question. If God is in control, um, how can he hold us responsible? Um, so I'm going to be responsible um, for everything I've ever done. Yeah. Here's a real difficult quandary. You can take a shot at this one. Oh, good. If according to scripture, the non-Christian does not have the ability to choose God unless God gives him faith, then how is the non-Christian accountable for something that they never had the ability to make right? Here's the deal. This is a theological heavy, heavy yeah. question, right? There's no answer There's that's no, like satisfying. Totally. But yeah. there, there is a biblical answer. And, and it's essentially that through general revelation, through the created order, through mm -hmm. God has revealed himself, it says in Romans 1, so that men are without excuse. Yep. So basically, there is sufficient revelation from God for all of us to receive the condemnation that we need. He's made himself plainly known. But there's not a, there's not a heart capacity to choose it. Right. That, that's why the tension is not between my will. It's about my responsibility. Right. How can God hold me responsible? He says I have no excuse. He says I'm responsible. And he mm -hmm. judges me as if I'm responsible. I mean, people are judged and sent to hell. And yet when you read the scriptures, those same people who are sent to hell seem to have no capacity to choose. Now, we're not going to answer it here. We're not going to satisfy anybody But they actively, the, the text does say they actively suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. Uh, yes. So that, that's where it's a big quandary, man. And that, so, yeah. Totally. And that's the thing. These are these are things that we will never be able to make full sense of. Yeah. We know that both are clearly represented in scripture. We are responsible agents yep. and, and, and God, God is sovereign. sovereign. And, and I and, have a broken will that is a slave to a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet as a Christian, I can overcome it. Can I tell you one of the most helpful things someone said to me on this issue? Yeah. God is not free to sin. God does not have a free will. Mm -hmm. God is only free to do righteousness because that's what's in his heart. So God can't break the law for love? No. Just to uh, clarify. Let's be clear. Uh, no. So I know you tried teaching that, and I was like, no, Matt Young, <laughs> yeah. that's not how it works. <laughs> but, that's a reference to a podcast from uh, a couple days ago, FYI. And that would be Tuesday's podcast, episode 377. Then Satan has no ability to do good or righteousness. Not even a non-Christian cannot do anything good before God. They can do good things before men, but not God. They don't have a heart that wants to bring God glory. Mm -hmm. They don't have a free will. They're free to only sin all the time. The Christian is the only, only agent in all of creation that has a moral free will. Mm. Meaning, I have uniquely, this side of heaven, the ability to choose sin or to choose righteousness. But my moral free will goes away when I go to heaven, when this body of sin is taken mm. away from me. And so in all of eternity, when Jesus comes back, um, you will either have a moral will that is only a slave to righteousness mm. or only a slave to sin. Um, and so hell is not filled with a bunch of people who want God. They're filled right. with people, it's filled with people who gnash their teeth yeah. in anger at God. Mm -hmm. And heaven is filled with the place. Uh, there's nobody in heaven who doubts God or wants to be out of there because mm -hmm. they're perfectly righteous. And so Christians on earth alive right now are the only human beings in all of creation, spiritual and physical, that have true moral free will. Mm. Drop the mic. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. Mm. I don't know who said it, but I liked it. <laughs> Can't give credit where credit's yeah. due. I'd like to tell you an idea I came up yeah. with. 
I was thinking in my thinking chair yes. yesterday. A great man once said, let me quote him. I think you went to your mind palace for <laughs> yeah, that one. Thank you for that. All right, we beat this question to death. Yeah. Matt, I love having you here, and I love ranting back and forth with you, and uh, uh, you got to come back, dude. Yeah, I'd love to. It's fun. Thanks for having me. My joy. I'm sure we'll have you back. If you have questions for Matt, um, just say the question when you submit your Q&A questions are for him, and we will make sure that we bring him back in to answer all those. All right, I want to welcome you back on Monday. We're going to answer the question, what's the best thing to say to a Mormon? Thanks. Love you. Bye. Bye.